0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. And I'm your host, this is your girl Shanice, checking in with you guys on this Friday night. And we will be doing our normal recaps. Tonight, we're covering Narcos, Mexico, episode three and four. And I just want to let you guys know. Uh, I will be uploading five and six Sunday as well So if you're loving these like I love talking about them check in on sunday as well And we can do five and six i'm trying to knock it out so we can get to season two and then uh shortly after they already announced that they're about to drop Season three, so we'll go ahead and cover that as well And on monday, I will drop my episode of raising canaan review as well because that will drop on if you have stars saturday night but if not sunday so we'll do it monday so everybody have a chance to watch and catch up and we'll recap raising canaan as well if you have not already don't forget you can follow me on my social medias ig is alicia shanice same as facebook if you hit me up on facebook just send me a um a message you know like a dm just saying you're from the podcast i will happily accept you and if you love music like i do don't forget follow my dope playlist on spotify as well everything is under shanice loves if you type it in all of my playlists are public check them on out and i'm not gonna hold you guys too long i will break it down fast and easy and we are doing episode three and four so let's get into the show is Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. So as you guys know, I love me some narcos. We have already covered Colombia. Now we are in Mexico's world. We're recapping each episode and talking about a little true fun facts in between episodes as well. Because as we all know everything is heavily dramatized out for hollywood so episode three is el padrino aka the godfather and we basically see on episode one and two how it all came together how kiki came moreno got down to mexico and we see on how felix has um combined his wit his smartness and then you know combined up with Don Nito, street smarts and street savvy and just has the knowledge of the game because he's an older man. And then we got young Rafa, who is the baby of the crew. And he is like, you know, the genius of how he came up with these um, to, to do the field in Guadalajara and how to make the seedless wheat so you know we see how they became and basically with Felix brains they brought all the plazas that used to be everything separate they brought them together and now everything is under one union and the money is coming in and you can tell Guadalajara is under new organization because they killed the Naranjo brothers who used to run things and now you see the money coming in they got all the um, the, the money is just trading from hand to hand, from the narcos to the, to the smaller traffickers, going from the cops to the DFS. They got everything in their bag. And now we see that uh, Miguel Felix has really become the man now. He, he, he is the godfather for real. He's bought the banks up in Guadalajara. He's made so much money now. He's even brought it over to the states. He's brought um, lavishes hotels um, they show uh, Rafa, he's going to buy his big mansions because, you know, he him, it's them three who run the organization, but really Felix, but they're all like the big guys, the three of them. And you know how they say you can take the man out the hood, but can't take the hood out the man. And that's what we see when Rafa and then you got little young old Chapo and his main one, his other main little homeboy. You see them, them them going to the house. They got the realtor to their showing them the house and they acting did the damn fool, uh, riding motorcycles, scaring a poor lady. I would have ran up out of there myself. But They're just, you know, young, that fast money coming in. They never had it. They never had that much respect with the DFS behind them, who was kind of like equivalent to the uh, United States CIA, uh, FBI in a way. Like the the, the DFS is like the highest you can get over there. Um, For all my Snowfall fans, if you love Snowfall, do you remember last season when Teddy and Gustavo went over to Tijuana and he had to go get the DFS help? And we see that the CIA and the DFS, they work hand in hand. So they're like basically partners in both countries, you know. So we see that they've just grown with their organization. And then we see a frustrated Kiki. Kiki is frustrated. Nobody wants to do their job. And he takes it up on himself to go out one. Well, first, they have the... ratification program so you know he goes and he talks to uh jamie, his boss jamie you know they calls for the pictures to get taken all over the desert and you know the pictures comes back and they go and they do calls and they like they didn't find anything so kiki knows something is going on he's very high strong uh he's very wanting to get things done you can tell he's serious about his job he's like a really good cop a really de- good DEA agent. I think they kind of over-dramatized him a little bit of his um you know just determination i believe that he was very determined but just on how they make him seem like he was always angry i've watched many documentaries on him and i don't think he was like that but you know they do have to dramatize it even like in Colombia, i'm not gonna ramble too long but like in Colombia, when we watch narcos we seen how Pena he was depicted with all the prostitutes and uh murphy was just an asshole and of course they didn't act like that in real life but in the tv show i couldn't stand their characters but of course they didn't act like like that in real life. So I think that they just over dramatize them up just to make them, you know, more. But Kiki um his story just always touches me. Uh, but we just see he grows frustrated, you know, he, and then so he like you know he's going to do his own investigation so he gets out one night goes out for a drink to where you know the bus has come he meets a local guy just gets to drinking with him and talking and he asks the guy like is there any work around here the guy is more street smart so he he can tell this might be undercover He like no i, I don't know nothing but then you know kiki he kind a little street slang to him for doing so much undercover work he kind of you know gets some more drunk and get to talking to him and after a while he goes to get on the bus the guy is not having it um the ones who letting him on the bus he like i never seen before so the guy who he was drinking with just lets him know like hey this is a family member of mine he just got into some trouble had to come down here so they let him on the bus they had to throw the bags over their head so they can't see where they're going and they go out to the big field which is rafa's babies and when kiki gets there And they take the bag off of his head. He is just like appalled at what he sees by, you know, they had the pictures and they said nothing was on there and he knew something was going on, but he just didn't imagine how organized it was, how structured it was and, you know, just how much they had did, you know, it had never been done like that before that size field over there. So he is just amazed and he basically sits over there all day. And, you know, the guy didn't just do it from the goodness of his heart to kind of cover for him like he was a family member. He let him know, like, every day you work here, I get half of your money. <laughs> so, you know, Kiki, like, he agreed to anything because he just wanted to get there and get the evidence. And, you know, he's just so amazed. It's like all those people, they get bust that route, bags over their head, they pick the fields all all day, where they're picking the weed, they get served one meal. Like, what um, Miguel, Felix, and Raphael built was amazing. Like, I you know, just what they built especially in the 80s when it was never all the plazas under you know combined like that like it had never been that structured in mexico so the guadalajara they birthed the guadalajara cartel was the first cartel it birthed so much and when you hear the al chapos and everything this is where all of that was birthed from so it's very important so then um you know after lunch, when they're ready to they pick some more and when it's, you know, time for them to get back on the bus and go, he sees one of the commandantes from the DFS. So he gets nervous. You know, he hurry up and gets on the bus and then Rafa calls, So he kind of gets off the bus because he he th- thinks he sees Kiki, but he's not for sure. So, you know, that was a close call right there. Real intense music was playing. So I'm like, please, Kiki, don't get caught because, <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen to Kiki. So like when they every time that they show like something big happening, you get scared like they're not finna, you know, do it right now uh, or whatever. So <clears throat> after that, we get um Miguel Felix, Miguel uh, Felix. Um, him, he's talking to Gov- Governor Cecil and his son and they're planning their wedding, uh, his son's wedding, who Miguel Felix kind of helped raise him up, was like a godfather to him. And you can tell that Governor Cecil's opinions matters like no other to Miguel Felix. And um, he's throwing his son, you know, he's finally made it. You know how you always have that one mentor and you just want to prove to him, like, ah, I can do it, too. I'm somebody, you know, just prove that. You're more than what you were because he was like, you know, just a bodyguard. So Governor Cecil, Miguel wants to sit. I'm not. Miguel Felix wants to sit at those tables. He wants to be with those governors like he is over the cartel. And he but they always say like he was the most organized it was always about business to him he ran his organization like a, a billion dollar company like a, a business a corporation and as he wanted to be at the top he didn't want to be a trafficker he wanted to be sitting with the governors everything be you know extravagant like he loved it the high life and then we see um you know the money's coming in, and it's coming into the DFS as well. They have to get paid for their protection. And when some money comes to uh, Commandante Nava, one of the envelopes is a little short. And they go and they do a raid. He sends some dirty cops out. They kill, you know, all those traffickers who worked, uh, who sent that bag to him. And you know, in that, in this organization, in this union that uh, Miguel Felix has built, everybody who's everybody is related. So if you go and you do something like that, you're, you're affecting the business because you're killing, you're going after somebody's family member. And who was that family member? That was the two brothers who ran the Tijuana, cart, the Tijuana uh, Plaza. And in reality, Ray- Raymond and Benjamin, they were in real life Miguel Felix's uh, nephew. So they were all related. So I'm sure it didn't happen like this, but like you know, it has to be dramatized out. But now they are pissed off. So then we see Rafa El Chapo and you know his other homeboy. It's, it's always them three, a part of the um, their their little crew. It's always them three. They're out. At the club, he meets Sophia. She kind of like just disses him. You know, as soon as he meets Sophia, he's just like head over heels with her and he kind of goes to her dancing because she comes from like the uppity upper echelon crew. And she's like, Oh, are you the waiter? I don't want to get you in trouble. She's kind of like and him. And you know, he's still coming on strong. He's feeling himself. He's in Guadalajara. He's becoming a city boy now. He got the banks, the mansions as well. And, you know, Sophia's still like just dissing him. So he's not feeling that. So then the shows, the three of them back at the house, and they're all just sitting there chilling and we get introduced to them watching Scarface so just like in the 80s on how when Al Pacino played Scarface and that movie came out and they say it was like a commercial for cocaine and you know it had a real effect on the black community you see every rapper drug dealer they got a big mural in their room or office of Scarface like it even had that movie was so powerful it even had that effect you see over there because that was a big deal and they said it was like a branding commercial for cocaine in the 80s so that's very interesting i want to say that movie came out in 1983 and we see that them them over there watching it so then um, you know kiki's growing frustrated um, he's went over there he had a close in when he um he he was all over there all night and all day and Mika's now in labor so he gets the call because he's so excited to tell Jamie the new evidence he's got and they're like look bruh Mika's in labor so he runs he sees his neighbor has uh rushed her to the hospital and you know he's just super excited and Jamie has a funny feeling something is going on so then we go see that he goes checks out um the pro the eradication program as well for himself and when jamie goes over there he meets with the pilot who will be introduced to later he plays a really big role in this um and i can't think of his name right now but i will have it next time because he plays a major role but you know he shows him the picture and basically the pilot is like Well you know I took those pictures Over those fields but that was a year ago So now we found out that eradication program Was bullshit and the pictures That they asked them to fly You know and it was US as well to fly Over the deserts to see was Anything going over there that was something over A year ago so they basically sent them old Pictures so now we see Kiki He's went to the field itself he has the Proof he's picked the weed and then we See Jamie has the evidence and now the two Detectives they're following Kuchiloko Around who comes from Sinaloa well, and they're following They have his name, so they're following Him all around all day and seeing He's really not doing nothing, but it leads them To Governor Cecil's son's wedding Who uh, Miguel Felix is throwing at his Big new hotel <clears throat> And with everything going on uh, With the DFS Going after those traffickers Killing them who are related to Raymond And Benjamin, you know Felix is the brains man. So he goes to Don Nito, who's more street savvy and has all the knowledge of the game. And he just like, look, man, don't come to the number two, man. I just point the problems out. You handle them. So he goes to Governor Cecil and Governor Cecil gives him some advice. Like, look, the money has to come in and the DFS has to pay out all these handouts. So you're really in more control than you think. So it kind of. It makes his Felix brain kind of ticks, ticks, you know, after that information. So when we get to the wedding, we see Raymond and Benjamin, R- Raymond and Benjamin, they pop up and then the dfs you know the the head commandante he's like what the hell they're doing here and he basically says uh, you got another uh, package today it was short we know you sent some guys out but basically it was a setup so when he sent the dirty cops out this time to go do another raid and kill more people it was actually a setup and this makes benjamin and raymond happy because now they can go after the dirty cops who killed their family member and then it basically puts uh, Commandante Navin in check. Like, look, bro, I told you, you I'm, in, I'm in control. Everybody got to be happy if you want the money to come in so you can keep doing you as well. So we see how smart uh, Felix is and then how the governor's advice actually helped. So we get to the wedding and then, you know, his wife is trying to tell him like, calm down, but he's so excited to, to prove himself to uh, Governor Cecil, so Governor Cecil does a beautiful speech. It's a beautiful wedding. Rafa sees Sophia there. She's there looking bored out of her mind because she comes from this world, but she's like the bad girl. She's all the upper echelon people are at this wedding. You got all type of governors, all type of senators. Everybody of who's who is there. And as we know, Sophia's father is in the political world, so she is there bored out of her mind. But she's no one like the Sinaloa You know the cowboy. Cal- boy gangsters and she see rafa rafa steps to her like can i dance with you she kind of looked back at her parents and they kind of look at her and he like don't look at them dance with me and you know that kind of turned her on in a way where she played off rafa's like disgusted because he gets turned down twice and you can tell he's not used to it so he goes outside she comes out there takes the blunt out of his hand smokes it puffs it back in his face that just turns him on and they start kissing whoop-de-doo right Rafael was in love with him some Sophia. so then after the governor does his beautiful speech of how proud he is with um uh, uh, miguel miguel is on cloud nine he's smiling you know feeling like he's really accomplished what he wanted to when you got his ride or die wife there i love maria she's like this is what you wanted so after all of that um the governor sees so he sees that everything has calmed down and he like, so that advice worked. And then, you know, Felix is like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he like, Oh, you're welcome. He said, that'll be a hundred thousand for me and 200,000 for the other governors showing up. And that just throws him off. Like what? And he like, don't ever, don't ever, um, you know, think that you're bigger than what you are. always remember where you came from and this is how we do business in this world. So that kind of fucks up. Felix is because he's thinking it's more family and it's all business with the governor and he still just looks at him like that same bodyguard he was back in the day. He's like, don't let these hotels or these fancy clothes fool you. And you you can tell that kind of messes him up. And then when it goes off, you see Jamie meets up with his evidence. Kiki comes back with his proof. The cops, they come back with the pictures from the the wedding they look through the pictures they see everybody was basically kissing miguel felix ass so they know that he's basically the top top man the godfather of the crew so they start putting their little operation together of how they're going to bust bust down on them and that's episode three I thought that was a very strong episode they got right to the point because episode one and two it kind of starts off slow because you have to see how Kiki is going to get down in Mexico you have to see how determined he was and then you have to see on how these were just Sinaloa just you know nobodies like they just were from a small town Sinaloa they didn't know money was there they they just grew you know little weed here and there but It shows you on what they did and what they accomplished, because to this day, this is still when you hear about everything going on in Mexico, they birthed all of this. So when you hear of El Chapo, it would be no El Chapo if it was not for Miguel Felix and the organization union he built with the plaza. So I loved it how they got right to the point and showed it. And then we got to episode four. And this episode was called Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. And it's basically Rafa, 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 and you shaking your head. Rafa Carol Quintero. He is really a big deal. Uh, we will break down him a little later in real life, but Rafa is a big, a really, really big deal. I love on how they always show him and El Chapo together. And if you know the real story of him and El Chapo's friction now, what they say, because he's still very much the man to this day. He, you know, he's still a wanted man in the United States. Uh, and if you hear the fric- the friction, you know, and you just go back and you watch this and you're like, damn, they, you know, really used to be together. He used to be like mentoring him. they was, you know, it kind of messes you up a little bit. Like, really? But it opens up and we see Sophia. She's there with her family, the minister of education. Yeah, they're having a really big Christmas party. All the, you know, family is there, it's, um a lot of political people there. It's family friendly and you know people bust in and just get the robin screaming long live the revolution and they're putting guns to everybody's head, everybody screaming and going crazy. And they put the gun to Sophia here. She's screaming. So I'm like, Oh my God, who, you know, they'll <laughs> come to find out, you know, she's like, dad, help, help. And when she gets to the car, she's like, Oh, they're so stupid. And she, Rafa takes off the mask and they get the kissing. So then we kind of like, what the hell? It was just a setup. And, you know, they kind of faked the robbery so she could get away because her family didn't want her seeing him and they're just young and stupid. So they're just having a time of their lives. Right. And is the minister of education. So for number one, he's the senior member of the most powerful political party of Mexico. They were like over 50 years. They were like over the presidential um, races and, uh, just really, really powerful man. And you don't do that. And when they find out that, you know, it only take them a few phone calls to find out who was behind that robbery. And when they found out it was Rafa, Oh, that just, that just, uh, that brings Mexico City down there. And Mexico City is the top. Once Mexico City's sitting there, most powerful cops and everything, it's a wrap. So then we see the DEA, it goes to them. And they go show their proof to, like, the top people who they can go talk to. And they're like, if this is what a cartel looks like, we'll just leave it alone. And, you know, they just get no help. And then you see the guy who is there i'm jumping ahead but he's dirty as well we'll get to him next episode because it has to show how dirty he is but he doesn't want to hear it. he basically like they're just doing this this isn't really nothing they just kind of brush it off even though they have all the proof to see the fields that they have and all the weed that they have they kind of like just brush it off like it's nothing so this makes kiki get even frustrated because it's like what what the hell are we even out of our country for over here fighting And we can't do anything. We can't arrest anybody. All the evidence we collect, you guys just brush it off. So of course that would make anybody who's trying to do their job. And this is like a career for them. Like, it's not like we're just going to Target or McDonald's or something, you know, you just go do your job or whatever. But when you have a profession like that, you want to be the best lawyer, best attorney you can be. And when you're a DEA agent, you want to be the best cop you can be. So and this is when the DEA was looked at, like, they were really trying to prove themselves, so they're trying to, they believe in what they said, they're trying to do their jobs, and I'm not going to say all of them, because we end up finding out stuff later, and we'll cover that in episode 9 and 10, Um, but we see that Kiki, he was really serious about his job, all he wanted to do was do the right thing, and they just kept getting slapped in the face, and it was like, well, what, did you guys send us over here for if everything we tried to investigate you put a hole in it you stop it you put a block to it so then they kind of see a change when Rafa kidnaps Sophia they send Mexico City and they send one of the most um serious dudes ever they call him Subcomandante, and we see more of him in season two but for right now he's like the big bad guy don't nobody mess with and he comes, and um, Kiki's kind of confused, like, oh, so you guys really ready to do some work now? And he like, you know, if, if you over here in our country, he said, if you know how to play the game right, you can still get nice things, you can still get things done. So he's basically trying to let him know, like, we know you just got to gotta play your cards right, basically. And San so, Magante is no joke. So Kiki, uh, Jamie, and the other two detectives, they – show him the evidence that they have collected. And he's like, go get your stuff. You can join us for a raid. And I love that they show that because in Narcos Colombia, you can tell that was more of the police telling their story and trying to make it seem like they were out doing more than they would. But when they were over there in those countries, they were not allowed to go out like that. And I like that they show more in Mexico, the more realization of it is like, Colombia, you got P and Murphy just going, uh, being, being Superman in every, in every, you know, everywhere in every neighborhood. And they weren't able to do that. So I like Mexico, they show you the struggle that they had to go through and what made it so hard to like, even bring these um, traffickers down. So they go and they do their, uh, well, first we go to Maria and Miguel because he gets a call and he sees how um in trouble rafa is and maria is just trying to like she like hold on you are gonna turn him in he like well he's you know he fucked up now mexico city is over us we can't do anything and she's just like you know maria is very street smart she came from sinaloa and her dad was a trafficker as well he wasn't big time like that because remember miguel felix is the first guy to ever do this but he was a a serious guy in Sinaloa so she's very street smart and very street savvy and helped him get to where he became and she like a narco who thinks like a businessman is a narco who's about to get fucked and you know he listens to his wife and he kind of thinks about it because she's like you got to look out for your family and Rafa is family at the end of the day so he kind of thinks about it and he goes to Rafa's house when he gets there we got Sophia, we got rafa they running through the house paying bonnie and playing bonnie and clyde she saying she clyde he bonnie they sit they got cars parked in the living room they sitting in the cars they shooting up the damn mansion they just young a whole bunch of free money and careless so um, Miguel Felix, he get he's get he gets in there. And he like, what the fuck is going on? He goes off on Rafa. He like, you you normally you know smarter than this. I'm um, to have to turn you in. You messing up the business. You we didn't came this far, and you messing it up over your penis. You know, he kind of like just gets with him and Rafa. He he ain't trying to hear. It. He like, it's this girl. I'm just in love with her. You know, and blah blah blah. So, you know, Miguel has a soft spot for Rafa, so he's like, just get your bags, hurry up, I'm, I'm going to fix this. So Rafa go packs up his bags, they get the girl back home safely. And the next day, Kiki and um, Sub Comedante are in a car. Kiki's just talking shit about, like, you know, how the frustration he's been going through and how Mexico City is full of shit. And Sub Comedante, he's not trying to hear that shit. He's like, look, I told you before, if you come here, you play your cards right, everything will be all right. He just got to calm down. And he like, we got to get to the girl for the, you know, they end up killing her. They're crazy. And he like, that girl is back home. And that's when they find That's when he tells them that it was all a setup. And, you know, she just wanted to get away. So... They go and they're still looking for him because the minister of education is like, no, 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 no. Even though Sophia's home, Rafa still has to pay. For number one, you interrupted, you broke into my home. You put guns up to my family's head. Even if it was a joke, it was a sick joke. So they're still after him. And by he's so important, you got the best of the best down there. So Kiki has been doing all of this investigation work, so he has his own little personal informant so he let uh sub commandante know they go to one of the bars and speak to his one of uh, rafa's friends and also he's one of kiki's informants as well he's saying he don't know nothing so they end up beating him up really bad and you know, it kind of startles Kiki because sub Comedante just get the beat in the informant ass. And he like, nah, I'm never going to get information from him. So, you know, he's not trying to hear it. He's just trying to do business because, he know, when Mexico City sent him down there, that means it's time for business. So then we see uh, Donito and Rafa, they're at the hideout spot rafa is there he's crying smoking his weed whimpering over Sophia because he pee whipped at this time and donito like just get the you know donito just want his drink he just want his little coke and he wants you to leave him the hell alone he there just to make sure you're straight and don't do nothing stupid and rafa is getting on his nerves so bad when he asked him can he hit the cocaine he like you don't need to do none of this but he just ended up letting them have some and they end up just both getting high off cocaine, they're jumping all around, they're listening to the music. they hyped up. And you know, it is what it is. Donito is like the funniest one out of this. He is the man, and um I was listening to an interview. um it was a, really a documentary, and um one of the guys was interviewing, and he was like, "If Donito was out, it would be no way that they would be running Mexico like they are now." He was from the old school. He didn't play none of the stuff that they have now. Like all of the things that they do, it's no way that they could get away with it. Donito when him and, and they ran a cartel like that, it would be no way that they would be running it like that. So So after all of that, and I do apologize. I know it might be a small glitch in the system. I had to stop recording out of Uh, something came up. So I'm finishing. (laughs) And sorry about that. Uh, You might be like, didn't she just talking about this and switched over. But yeah, basically after all of that, and Rafa, you know, had worked out a deal, he goes to his office and when he gets there, his wife and his pretty little girl is there, and they're meeting with uh, Commandante um, Nova, who's an asshole, and he's like, "Where's Rafa?" And he basically says he couldn't find him, and he like, you know was, "That's your funeral." So his wife kind of looks at him like, "Good job because he's being the old Miguel he was before he became this you know shark that he is now you know, at first, it was all about just getting, getting everything together, and all he cared about was his money and making something of himself. So she like, that's, but you know, she looks at him and kind of gives him that look like that's the man I married. And you know, he kind of like, can we, can we work something out? Can we do this? And we got Commandante uh, Nava, he like, do you know who your boy then pissed off? This is coming straight from Mexico city. So basically Felix said, well, you know, that favor you wanted with the planes, I'll go ahead and do this for you and do this for you. So Camerante Nava, he's still pissed off about what he pulled at the wedding, so he kind of has a slick one up his sleeve as well. So he's like, okay, um, you'll go ahead and do the planes, but now you know this is switch up. You have to go over there. Just call it quality control. So. Miguel Felix is a little skeptical about getting on the planes, going all the way over to Nicaragua. And him and Amato, you know, him and Amato are becoming closer. Amato flies all these planes. So they go over to Nicaragua. And then who do we see? No other than the CIA man who we used to see in Narcos Colombia, who is always everywhere. And if for all my Snowfall fans, if you see how Teddy, how he gets around, clearly, from all the research from the cia with the contras and nicaragua war for everything that we've learned uh from you know after the reagan administration and everything else we see clearly the cia was over bringing you know throwing a blind eye and not only but just bringing all this shit over here in our you know over here so this man he's based off of somebody but of course they're not going to let his name out we know barry seal and i do want to do a podcast covering barry seal as well um eventually but we know barry seal was one who flew planes from back and forth but it had to be it, it was somebody like this man because every documentary every tv show it's always it might not be him it's him in the narco's world. Then you got Teddy in the Snowflower world. But it's some man who really was doing all this. We see him in the back, and he kind of he's in the back of the plane. As soon as they land, you know the CIA. You never see him coming. He's just out of the plane. I'm like, where the hell did the green go go? So when they get out the car you see the soldiers over there they they get to the beating them up they put the bags over their heads they tie them up they torture the hell out of them they're got the little things you know the plugs you you give yourself a boost with about to electrocute the skin and burning them and beating them with bats and shit like just doing all types of stuff to um amato and miguel felix and miguel is like hold on i came with him and i don't know nothing and they terrorizing them and then we go back over to Mexico. And by this time, uh, Kiki is telling uh subcomandante, like, look, we got I got my neighbor. He can tap phones in his neighbor, Antonio. He like he can tap phones. He works for the phone company. Since we know that Sophia and Rafa planned that, then it has to be he's calling her from somewhere. We can trace the phones. So they go and they kind of talk Antonio into it, and Antonio kind of puts me in the mind of uh, how Fernando was in Narcos Colombia. They kind of got that innocent face to him, and well Fernando was dirty, you know, he 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 was a good guy, but he was you know he he knew everything Pablo was doing. But Antonio, he is just like a just a really good guy, just trying to take care of his family, do his job, and you know the narcos they do some terrible things so he's like you know he's trying to be a good samaritan and trying to do everything so he goes ahead and you know does the records and we're going to come back to him in later episodes i felt really bad for antonio um I don't know if his character existed in real life, and all the documentaries that I've watched, they could have just done this to dramatize it out more for Hollywood, like you you know that they do to show how ruthless everybody was over there. But um, through all the documentaries that I've read, I've never heard anything about him in real life. I, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I've never heard anything through everything, so I'm not sure if they just dramatized this out as well. But it could have happened. I'm gonna do some more research on that because that's something to know. Because they did, you know, have a the phone records and everything so they through the phone records they find out where rafa is staying and they get the raid together and they go there and by this time donito is tired of all of them and they done ran out of beer so he goes to the store for a beer run he's driving he's already drunk he's already high he's going from swerving swerve left swerve right like what B and Boosie say he's going back and forth back and forth and going up curbs he done got into an accident and then we see the young cop sammy who was from episode one who was at the bar with kiki remember he was like you know how did you become a copy he said my uncle just gave me a badge so he was never really serious about his job and we see Sammy he pulls him over and he he don't even feel like doing his damn job but at this point he don't got no choice but to do it because uh Donito done got into an accident so he like hey what's wrong with you what's wrong with you are you okay he's trying to help him and Donito's so drunk and you know he got that DFS badge so he thinks he's more powerful and he's like oh leave me the hell alone and uh tries to hit sammy even though sammy's trying to help him so sammy punches him you know <laughs> and but when sammy checks his id to see who he is he sees that he has the dfs badge so he basically knows he's messed up he drive, drives don nito home and don nito like hey you you punched me didn't you after he done kind of woke up a bit and he like i'm sorry sir and he like well i need a new driver anyway be back at nine in the morning so now sammy basically works for don nito and we'll see more of that in future episodes to come um by this time we see rafa he's finally just him and el chapo and his other friend they're like something is wrong donito hasn't come back yet we got to get up out of here they're going to end up coming for us. They might have caught him because it shouldn't take him this long to come for beers. And Rafa's like, he high as hell. He like, no, if Felix said he's going to fix it, then he's going to fix it. So that, you know, he had so much faith in Felix and so much respect for him, knowing that Felix said he's going to fix it. He has the power and the respect to get it done. And he's loyal. But at, by this time we see Kiki and all of the task force, they're, they're getting ready to come shoot him, you know, but over there in Nicaragua, after they're done torturing uh, Felix Felix and Amato, the job is done. So that one call is made, and the phone goes to Comandante, and they like. Um, It's it's canceled So Kiki is pissed off He's like what do you mean it's canceled He's right there And this makes Kiki's frustration just go overboard And I think that this was dramatized I I know that this didn't happen like this But I want to I believe that they did this to show people On how dedicated Kiki was to his job And how frustrated he was growing Because it was so much cover up over there Because they wouldn't have been able to do Half the things that they did without you know the permission from mexico city and all those cops being in their hands so now they let amato and miguel felix through and as, as they're getting themselves together and he's checking amato making sure he's straight because he has to fly back miguel felix Tinhan goes to ticking because you know he's a, he he's very he's a, he's very smart and he always sees the bigger picture and what does he see he sees stacks on stacks and stacks of cocaine and he's seeing how they're getting it off the plane just building it up and they have nowhere to put it and the guy from the cia kind of come over there and he like we have tons of this shit in panama honduras and el salvador and since george bush closed down the bahamas they don't have no route no more they don't have they got to get new routes and that goes back to narcos colombia remember when they uh um put a hope in a raid on the bahamas that was carlos later's and remember the cocaine he was flying all the cocaine and the cocaine was coming so that's very true this part of course didn't happen but it shows where they were going with this and which shows on how uh he got into the cocaine business because this is all this this union that he's built it's all weed so now he sees that they can use the border in Mexico and use their routes just like how they get the weed over there. Now he's seeing the bigger picture on how he can do with the cocaine. So his brain is going, okay, you know, he always sees the bigger picture. And the CIA kind of like just give them all he said, now I'm talking your language, you know. So they see all the cocaine and just know that it's, uh, it's time, it's time to step into the to the cocaine business, so Kiki goes home. He's pissed off. Mika like, it's Christmas. Kiki, just try to cheer up. And he's not having it. I love his wife. I love her, um, like her her character. And I also love while well, um, watch many interviews with her. She's been on many documentaries. Her spirit is just. She's been through so much. I just feel so sorry for her. And like you know, her spirit. She still just like has a beautiful soul. Like her, this this man's story just touches me. I'm totally the opposite of how I was when I used to just be talking junk about uh narco's colombia uh but narcos mexico uh i say it all the time this story just touches my heart and we'll get more into that into episode 9 and 10. i'm trying to wrap it up because i don't want to have you guys here too long but at the end um of the episode we see uh, miguel Felix's eyes are open he meets with don Nito and rafa rafa's apologetic like thank you so much for doing this to me He's seeing how he got beat up don Nito ready to kick all the ass because you know he don't play about his crew and, you know, he like, we're going we're gonna to take care of him because now they know that uh, Commandante Nava, he basically set that up. Uh, Felix was never supposed to be on that plane going over there, but it kind of opened the door for him to start his new business that he's getting ready to start. So who does he meet up with? No other than Isabel. Isabel Isabel have all the connections. And this is based off a real character. It was really a Isabel. Um, maybe uh, towards the... When we get to the end, before we go into season two, we can break down each character who exists, who really existed and who was very, you know, just dramatized out because a lot of these characters really did exist. And it's way more to the story than that. So uh, well, I think after we do 10, we could talk about what happened and what really didn't happen and what characters existed and didn't exist and who was related. It wasn't related because it's a lot of relation in this cartel. And then a lot of these people that they talk about, their sons are like the guys who you hear about now. So that'll be a fun episode to do that as well. We can do that after uh, episode 10. Um, But he goes to Isabel because remember, Isabel, she took him to the Falcon. She basically helped him get uh, permission to even get the doors open to get in Guadalajara. To get in tijuana so isabelle is somebody as much as she gets played she is somebody and he like you still got the cocaine connections and then she like what you up to i know that look so that was the end of episode four so now we see that he is getting ready to step into falcon's territory falcon remember he told him we can be neighbors you do your weed i got my coke but now he looking at the cocaine. So that's going to bring some problems. Uh, I'm sure you guys have already seen this. Like I've already seen it. But let's do, you know, episode by episode. Um, I hope I didn't keep you guys too long. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will upload two. Um, I will open up. Uh, we'll do five and six Sunday. So tune back in Sunday. Uh Recap like I'm doing. Watch it as I'm watching it. Let's talk about it Sunday. And I hope you guys are enjoying your Friday night. If you um, Netflix and chilling, just pop on Narcos and come listen to the podcast. You feel me? But on that note, I am out and I will catch you guys Sunday. You enjoy yourselves and be safe. I'm out.